Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. I am so excited to teach today. We are in the middle of the How to Tame Your Monster series, and it has been such a great series. I've heard awesome feedback that people are putting into practice the things that they are learning on Sundays, and we're equipping people to fight off mind monsters, not just on Sundays when you feel good coming to church. Come on. I know some of y'all went through some stuff to get to church. You're yelling at kids in the backseat of the car. You're frustrated because nobody was ready to leave on time. If I'm honest, that's some Sometimes me too, but you got here and I'm so happy to see your beautiful faces. And so let's get equipped so that we could live this out. Come on, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way up till next week. You might be wondering, well, I'm, I'm new here. What, what is a mind monster? Well, let me break it down for you. They are those negative thoughts, the things that we battle on a daily basis, the creeping shadows in our minds that feed our insecurities, They feed our fears. They're thoughts that lead us often to irrational anger or even to undefined depression. It's the monsters that we fight in our mind. But the good news is, is that Jesus, God wants to partner with us, come on, to overcome these monsters. That we don't have to live bound with these thoughts in our minds, but God wants to help us to navigate those things. So last week we learned that we have the authority to accept words or to reject words. We have the authority to accept a thought and let it be there or to reject the thought and say, "Mm -mm, bye Felicia, no devil, not today. We have that authority. And where do we get that authority from? We get it through faith in Jesus Christ. And I love how we've been breaking down this idea of faith over the last several weeks where faith means that we're going to focus on the positive. We're going to affirm ourselves, meaning that maybe today I don't feel like I'm a winner. Maybe today was a rough way and I'm not, I'm not feeling very much like I am saved and I'm redeemed, but I am looking myself in the mirror. And I'm saying, you know what? You are forgiven. Come on. You are saved by grace. Today is a brand new day and I can walk out these things. So we're learning to affirm ourselves through our faith in Jesus Christ. And today what we're going to focus on is the imagine part. Imagine God doing something good for you. Imagine him doing a good work on your behalf. See, oftentimes we think that imagination was just a thing of our childhood, right? Those of you who did not grow up with iPads, hello. There was no DVD player in my Astro van growing up. We were told to occupy our time with what? Our imagination. Come up with something to do. But as we grow older, we tend to leave our imaginations behind. But what we need to realize is that God wants to use the imagination a God-given gift of creativity to be able to partner it with faith so that you can see what he has planned for you. By faith, we see those things. And so imagine God doing something good in your situation. Do you know that imagination is really the act or the power of forming a mental image that is not yet in this reality? So it's not just making it up an imaginary friend or thinking of this world that doesn't exist. Some of us, were already working on our imaginations with our secret Pinterest boards. Let's be real. Some of us, we're not married yet, but we know that God's got somebody awesome just waiting to ask us to marry them. And God's working on my heart, getting me ready. And in the meantime, I'm going to get my Pinterest board ready, right? So we have these secret boards and we're building the wedding dress and all those things. What about the baby board? Some of us have the baby shower board for the children that we haven't even uh, conceived yet, but it's in our minds, it's in our imaginations. We see it. Imaginations are a gift of God. And so we want to use that. See, I thank God for the power of imagination. 
It's a key component of our faith. I thank God that when I pray, I can imagine God moving and answering my prayers. Amen? I thank God that when I can imagine my, my, my brother or my sister or maybe a father or a mother or a daughter, whoever you know, that person who is far from God, I can imagine them walking back to Jesus whole and healthy and living out a wonderful relationship with him. I can imagine God doing something good in my life. Maybe for some of you, you are, are loving what God is doing and you've been an avenue and you've been learning your next steps and how do I get involved and what is God doing? I made, you know, on purpose, for a purpose and imagine what God could do if, with our lives. We're just picturing that he can take us further than any plan that I could have conjured up on my own. It's, it's imagination. So I would ask you, what do you see? Because imagination has everything to do with what God is able and wanting to do. And imagination should be partnering with our faith. So what do you see? Before we jump in, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, that there is no confusion in who you are. So I ask in Jesus' name that my words would be clear, that Holy Spirit, that you would open hearts, open minds, open ears, because I believe, God, you want to invest in some people today. And you want to take us, God, to a place that we have not been before, that you are opening our hearts, God, so that we can take control of these mind monsters so that we can live a life, God, fully glorifying you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I love this story in 2 Kings because when I talk about what do you see, often we only see our struggles, if I'm being honest. Often we're so bombarded by the things around us that we really can't see, is God actually doing something? So I love the story in 2 Kings in, in the Old Testament, and Elisha was a prophet, and the prophet was used by God to speak words of whether wisdom, messages. He was the mouthpiece of God, and God had a special group of people. If you've read throughout your Old Testament, if you haven't, maybe this is the first time you're hearing it, but they're called the children of Israel. Like, these are God's people. Like, you know, have you ever said, like, you can't talk about my family. I can talk about my family, right? Don't you say nothing about my mama. I'm the only one that talks about my mama. Like, these are God's kids. These are God's children. So he defends them. He protects them. And there is this enemy of God, and his name is King Aram. And King Aram is plotting against the children of Israel. He wants to take them down. And so in the secrets of his room, in the inner courts of his palace, he is literally strategizing on how to take down the enemy. But the problem is, is that somehow Elisha is finding out what the strategies are. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, there's a snitch in the house. There is a mole planted in King Aram's army. No, there's not. God was actually speaking to Elisha what King Aram was speaking to his people about taking down the children of Israel. So God would give Elisha this information. Elisha would go to the king of Israel and he would warn them. So here's the king of Aram thinking that he's going to make a surprise attack. Come on. But Elisha's already ready. Do you know that God can equip you in such a way where the enemy thinks he's going to surprise attack you? But come on, you've already been praying. You've already been reading your word that you're like, ah, uh -uh, I'm already ready for you. Joke's on you. So King Aram was getting so frustrated. He was threatening the people on his team. Who is telling on me? And they said, it's the prophet Elisha. And he's telling the children of Israel all of your plans. So he said, where is he? So he found out the location of Elisha. And in the middle of the night, he sends an army to surround the city that Elisha is in. And Elisha's sleeping like a baby. And he doesn't know that there are forces out there ready to take him down. And his servant wakes up in the morning. I don't know how you wake up. I don't wake up pretty. 
I got bedhead, right? Morning breath, let's be honest. Like, I got my glasses on, I can't see, and all I want is my coffee. So I imagine Elisha's servant waking up like, I don't know if they drank coffee. Where's my grape juice, right? I don't know what they're looking for. But waking up and you're going outside and maybe it's a pretty balcony. Maybe he's walking out of the steps of the place that he's at. And all of a sudden, whoa, there's an enemy surrounded you all over. Men armed with weapons, chariots all around your city. And today you're thinking, I'm about to die, right? Can you imagine the mind monsters that invaded this servant's mind? Fear bombarding, doubt bombarding, thinking, I thought I had some job security, God. I work for the man of God. And here I am in this place where I think I'm in perfect God's will, and yet I'm surrounded. And Elisha, he goes and wakes him up and says, Elisha, we're surrounded by the enemy. What shall we do? And this is what Elisha says. Do not be afraid. See, some of us need to tell our mind monster, do not be afraid. We need to tell ourselves in our situations, do not be afraid. The prophet answered, he said, those are with us. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Think about that. The Bible tells us that you as a believer, as a child of God, that greater is he that is in you. Jesus Christ that is in you is greater than anything in this world. And so Elisha tells this, this servant, buddy, there's more people on our side than on your side. And the servant looks around like, oh, really? <laughs> What are you smoking, Elisha? Like, I don't see anything. Have you ever had a Christian friend come to you and say, oh, but God's working on your behalf. Oh, the storm's gonna blow over and you're gonna get to the other side and you're thinking all I see is waves, right? But Elisha does this. He says, God, I pray that his eyes would be open. Elisha, the man of God, filled with faith, lays hands on this man and says, God, let his eyes be open. And in that moment, it says that his eyes were opened up and he saw men in chariots of fire surrounding the enemy. Those who are with you are greater than those who are against you. The Lord's army is for you and he is doing things. So my question to you is, what do you see? Are you bombarded by mind monsters that literally cloud you and blind you so that all you see is the struggle? Do all you see is right now or can you see the end of something? Can you see the beginning of something? What do you see? See, we can imagine a work happening, a good work happening on our behalf because that is what God does. God is in the business of being able to do more than you and I could ever think, ask, or imagine. He goes above and beyond that. So today I want to tell you that God wants to replace your mind monsters with faith thoughts. God wants to replace, doesn't want you just to reject them. How many of y'all know when you are on a diet and I say no in the name of Jesus to that pizza, but what if I just don't eat anything? God, what am I doing? I'm just gonna be thinking about pizza, about the delicious pepperoni and sausage and bell peppers and onions. Whew, sometimes I'll even take a black olive if I can put some tapatio on it. Like I'm good, I'm the girl who eats tapatio with my pizza, don't judge me. But if I'm on a diet and you tell me I can't have this delicious, delicious smothered baked bread with meat, don't just take it away from me, give me something I can eat that's good for me, right? So I don't want you just to reject words that have come into your life or reject thoughts. I need you to replace it with something. So today I want to teach you just three easy things that we can do to start replacing mind monsters in our lives today. So here we go. Because many of you guys in this room, you have a great imagination. You do, but you're using it to create the wrong things. Okay, we have great imaginations. We have the ability to create, but we're creating the wrong things. Let me give you an example. Let's say... 
you and your husband text every single day. Even when he's at work, he texts you all day long and you text him all day long, right? But it's like noontime and you haven't heard from him. And so you text him, hey, honey, how's your day? And you don't even get a bubble. Like there's no bubble popping up. Nobody's writing back. And you wait about 15, 20 minutes and you're like, my day's going pretty good. What are you up to? No bubble. Nothing. And then you start wondering, what was the last conversation did we have? Did we have? Were, we, were we fighting? Were, did he leave well today? Like, like what happened? And now your mind starts racing. Is it a busy day at work? He didn't tell me anything new. He did tell me he got a new coworker. Is that coworker a man or is that coworker a woman? That coworker is a woman. Was her name Kathy or Christy? And you just start going, oh, you are walking up and down your kitchen and you are just brewing. And instead of doing the things that you knew you were supposed to do that day, you find yourself Facebook stalking Annie Christy, Annie Kathy, that could be associated with your husband, your husband's friends. Come on. Did she ever work at that place? And 5.30 rolls around and your husband comes home like normal, right? He don't look guilty. He just walks in, kisses you on the cheek, and runs upstairs. And you're like, ooh, what is he trying to wipe off, right? That man ain't getting in the shower. And you run up after your husband. But you're not fast enough because he's already coming back down the stairs. And you said, what are you doing, right? Y'all ever been in trouble with a spouse and you ain't done nothing? And you say, what are you doing? And he goes, I left my phone on my dresser today. You say that because you know somebody who's done that or you've done that, right? Mind monsters. Mind monsters. You let your one thought invade. And so my thought today is, how can faith thoughts be our first thoughts and not these rabbit trails of mind monsters? How can I think positive? And hear me, positivity is not rose-colored glasses in Christianity. Positivity is knowing that even in my roughest moment, come on, even in my darkest moment, my God still loves me and my God is for me. And there are people fighting for me in a reality that I may not be able to see. I love it. I love that God's... God's movement in my life is not dependent on whether I'm a good or a bad girl. God's movement and, and faithfulness in my life is dependent just upon me saying, I love you, I need you, thank you for your grace. So whether I messed up today or I mess up tomorrow or I've been on status of A++, doesn't matter. He's still with me and he cares about my situation. And so let's start replacing some mind monsters. Number one, we need to realize that God will help you take control of your mind. So many of us, we have no part to play in this. Guess what? We're the thinker of our own thoughts. We have a part to play in controlling and taking captive the things that come into our mind. But the greatest thing is, is that you and I aren't alone in the endeavor. We're not solo trying to take captive these thoughts and trying to shut down these negative uh, ideas and, and the rabbit trails that it takes us on. God is there to help you. One of the greatest promises that we have is about temptation. Jesus, the Lord tells us that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So guess what? It's common, friends, that we're all going to be tempted. We think that just because I'm a woman of faith, nothing's even going to come knocking on my door. No, friend, because you are a person of faith, there are going to be things banging on your door. But God has told us that don't worry because I am faithful. So God is faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, here's the promise you'll also be given a way out. So when that, that mind, that mind monster comes, there's an exit plan 
for that mind monster. And so we need to recognize that God is there to help us take control of our minds. Next, number two, this is awesome. Fill your mind with P48 thoughts. Fill your mind with P, what is that? Philippians 4.8. We are filling our mind with things that are noble, that are true, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Those are the things that we are thinking on. Pastor Jeremy issued an awesome challenge last week. And he said, these need to be your thoughts. That this week I am going to think on P48 standard thoughts. See, God can help you replace mind monsters of negativity when you give him plenty of good things to work with. Come on, we have a part to play. Do you know the best way to fight off bad thinking is to start doing good thinking. So the most effective way to battle bad thinking, poor thinking, is to start thinking well. So I want you to ask yourself this question. How often do I think good faith-based thoughts? Focusing on the positive, affirming myself, imagining, seeing God doing something good on my behalf. Trusting that God is in every situation and then hoping for the best. See, I love shopping. Where are my shoppers at? Y'all love to shop. Now, I didn't say I love to necessarily spend money, but I like going to shopping stores. I am the person who could literally go to Ikea and I walk all through, like all the pretty stuff set up, right? I I walk through the floors where it's beautiful. It's the presentation, right? I walk through the models. And I spend about an hour looking at all that pretty stuff. And then I go down to the marketplace, right? Because I'm inspired by what's up top. But I'm the chick that can literally be there for two hours and I come out with a $2 thing of napkins. Like, that's me. I go for two hours and I spend $2 on napkins. And, and Pastor Jeremy will tell you, he gets so frustrated with me because we just invested two hours of our time. There better be more money coming out and me walking out with more stuff. But I love to shop. What I don't love to do is park. Parking can be the greatest pain. I'm the person that I don't mind parking way back if you just park the car and let me walk. Jeremy, on the other hand, he's on a hunt. I don't know if this is like a game to him or if he just gets excited about this, but he is looking for the closest thing. I'm thinking, baby, we have been driving for 20 minutes. Like I could have done walked, shopped, checked out, been back here, and we could be heading home, but you're still on the hunt. How many of y'all like to go shopping on Black Friday, right? We don't do that anymore. Come on, Cyber Monday. We don't even bother because the parking lots are insane. But I want you to see your mind as a parking lot. Your mind is a parking lot. And I want to ask you, how full is it with good thoughts? Because it is, if it's full with P48 standard thoughts, if it's full with things that are praiseworthy, things that are honest and true and noble and pure, then guess what? There's not going to be an empty space for the enemy to try to invade and put in some mind monsters. Sorry, honey, parking lot is full. I ain't got time with this. But if we're being honest with ourselves today and say, you know what? I really don't fill my time or fill my mind with faith-based thoughts and ideas I'm not reading. I'm not doing those things. And so if we aren't filling ourselves with good things, there's empty spaces. And so which does our mind look like? And uh, some of y'all, we're a little bit more complex than others. We're like a three-tiered garage. You know what I mean? We're in a parking garage that goes up. Some of y'all, I'm mad at you. You're more simple. It's like just flat, flat garage or flat parking lot. It's good. But do you have parking spaces that are empty? Because if we have too much space that's not being taken up by P48 standards, then the enemy has an easier way of getting in. So we have to fill our minds with P48 thoughts. So I want to give you some tools. These are tools that I use on a regular basis. I will never ask you, hear me, no one on this platform will ever ask you to do something that we are not already doing or are willing to do with you. And so number one, we have to read our Bible. 
Not, uh, we have a saying in our house, we don't have to, we get to. We get to read God's word. And I love it because back when I was a baby Christian, and I'm talking like just like five years old growing up in church, it was New King James Version. That was about as good as it got, right? King James Version, some of y'all grew up on that. Like these and thous and you don't know who is who and it sounds like a princess and some awesome kingdom and you're like, I have no idea what anybody's talking about. So I don't even bother reading my Bible. Do you know that there are dozens and dozens of translations that you can get right now for free? on you version, on Bible Gateway, that you could be digesting God's word over and over again in a way that you understand. That's awesome. That's awesome. People ask me all the time, well, what, what translation should I be reading? Whatever one you want to read. Like, read, the best translation to read is the one that you are reading because you're putting it into you. So get a translation that makes sense to you and start filling your life with God's word. Because I remember when I truly gave my heart to Christ, Goodness, 17 years ago, I had a lot of old thinking to combat. But here I am being told I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, that I am saved by grace and not by works, so I can't boast, but that all glory goes to God. But hear me, my past was just a day behind me. And when your past is just a day behind you, it's got a funny way of tapping you on the shoulder, reminding you of what you used to do just 24 hours ago. And you're trying to convince yourself that I don't live on that path no more. My God saved me, redeemed me, and set me on a new path. It's hard when it's only 24 hours behind you. Hear me, friends. It's gonna be hard if it's 20 years behind you if you're not filling yourself up with God's word because I have to affirm myself on who I am and I do that by the word of God. We also fill our minds with music. Come on. We fill our minds with music. I love it in my house when I am having a bad day. You gotta ask yourself, when you are in the midst of a storm, what are you listening to? Are y'all angry? Come on, I'm not gonna lie. I've had those days where I just need to watch a violent movie. Like, I need to see someone suffer. <laughs> it's true. Am I the only one? Or are you really angry and you just gotta get some aggression out? And you're like, you know what? Gladiator would be good or something, you know? Let me watch something where somebody gets some revenge. There's days like that. But there's also days, come on, after that, I repent, move on. But uh, there's other days where you need to be filling yourselves with life-giving things, okay? So if you just had a breakup, and your heart is broken, and you don't know where you're going to go, even though you've only been with this person for three months, and you've got a whole lot of life behind you, you've got a whole life ahead of you, but you are just dead inside. Are you listening to things of this culture? Or what I like to do, I like to listen to old school. Come on, go ahead and put that on. Keep playing. This is one of my oldest favorite songs. This is Kirk Franklin back in the late 90s. This is a song called Hosanna that explains that I cannot live without my God, that my God is moving on my behalf. I can't sleep without him, that he is good, he is great. It puts me in a place where, yes, I'm small, but my God is so dang big. What are you listening to? You may be judging me. Pastor Lindsay, what kind of church did you go through? I went to a moving church. We moved, we danced, we were excited. I love worship because worship purposely positions me to know that my God is big, and even if I feel really, really small, he's huge. But here's what happens, is we get in our zones, we break up, we get sad, and then we listen to something like this. Y'all gonna recognize it right away. It's pretty. Yeah, you're getting it now. Oh, what's that song? I recognize it, yep. It's all over Facebook, social media, music videos come out, it's beautiful. 
It's you're million reasons by million Lady Gaga. Now some of you are like, oh, that's my jam. Right, you're having a moment right here. I didn't even ask you to have that moment. That moment ain't even appropriate right now. Right? But this song is all about, you've given me a million reasons to walk away from you. But the woman dilemma is that I just need one reason to stay in a poor relationship. Do you know that God has given you just one reason to pick up everything that he has to offer you? And that is Jeremiah 29, 11, that for the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not for you to sit in your bedroom brokenhearted over somebody who wasn't even the right person for you, or to be brokenhearted that you didn't get that job that you were planning and believing for because I have something better for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. See, I just need one reason. But when we are soaking ourselves in today's culture, that if you feel that you just hate drama, but all you do is watch reality TV, don't even talk to me. Don't talk to me about how much you hate drama. And I don't know why all these people are saying, because you are filling your mind with drama. Those mind monsters, you already know how to create them because you have seen examples of them. Does that make sense? We guard our hearts so much. We guard our minds. People ask, will you go to a rated R movie? The rated R movie that I have seen in the past 20 years is Passion of the Christ. That is the rated R movie that I have seen. If I saw Gladiator, it's because it was on TBS. Come on, somebody. It was censored. You got it. Okay. But anyways, what are you putting in your mind? And does it reach a P48 standard? I think sometimes what the saying used to be, well, would Jesus watch it, right? We always, what would Jesus do? No, Jesus would not sit there and watch that with you. But how about let's go even deeper than that. Let's get more realistic. Is this a P48 standard in my life? Is what I am investing in my mind, is it holy? Is it pure? Is it true? Is it noble? Is it going to help me in the end? Because I'm telling you, all these um, romantic comedies or these dramatic relationships on reality TV, that's not going to help your marriage if you're fighting for your marriage right now. That's just going to give you more reasons to leave. What else? Sermons. You can hear some of the greatest preachers across the world. I remember when you have to call 1-800 number, make a donation, and get a cassette tape. Come on. You don't have to do that anymore. You can go on YouTube for free and watch some of the greatest communicators. Stephen Furtick, one of my favorite communicators. You can go in and get another word today on your ride home. You can get it on your phone. You don't even need a computer anymore. You can get the YouTube app on your phone, and you are watching sermons all the time. It's awesome. What are you getting into you? There's prayer. Oh, if we only believe that prayer really changed situations. That when mind monsters begin to invade my life, if I could just stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to fear in Jesus' name. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if I'm believing, not even just for myself, sometimes we pray better for other people than for ourselves. Come on. And we are going to, the, to heaven and asking God, would you please move on this person's behalf? Prayer chases out mind monsters. Replace that mind monster for prayer. What about scripture memorization? That's not something that we just teach our kids. Do you know in Avenue Kids, we have a, a scripture that we memorize for every single series that we're in. This series that they're learning now is that I can do all things through the power of Christ. That's what they're learning. They're learning Philippians 4.13. But what are we learning? What are we listening to? I'm like, ooh, that is good. You know what happens? We have, ooh, that is good. Too many of those moments and we do nothing with them. We move on because it's too fast paced. We got something else to do. But what if we had the, ooh, that was good moment. And we just paused for a minute. Why did that hit me? Why did I like that? What if I wrote that down? And what if I started memorizing that? I have a challenge for you. I would love for you to memorize one scripture a month. Because if at the end of 12 months, you're going to have 12 scriptures downloaded into your spirit, into your mind, so that when things come up, that is what you can say on your own. It is just coming out of you. If you were an overachiever like myself, do two a month. You'll have 24 scriptures at the end of the year. It's awesome. 
And I also recommend that you read Proverbs chapter 1, 2, and 3 because the next thing that we're going to talk about for replacing my monsters is that you need to look for wisdom as if it's a reward. Look for wisdom as if there's a reward. See, the home that I live in now is a two-story home. But years before, um, in all the houses that we've lived being married, they've always been single-story homes. And we had a beautiful single-story house. And my son's biggest complaint when we moved to this two-story is what? The stairs, right? In my house, we have a no-shoes-on-carpet rule because we got new carpet when we moved in. And so I don't want your shoes on my carpet. But what happens when you get dressed upstairs? You get all ready, you get downstairs, you've got your sunglasses, you've got your purse, man, you've got your wallet, your car keys, you put your shoes on and you think, ah, I left that thing upstairs. This happens all the time in our house. And then we start negotiating, is it really worth it to go upstairs, right? Do I really need this thing? Because if I really need this thing, man, it's going to take some steps to get up there and not just the steps I have to walk up. Like I have to put my purse down, I have to take my shoes off, I got to set my car keys down, I got to set my sunglasses down, right? We do the same thing with wisdom. We think, is it really worth it to take a few extra steps to figure out what is wise? And the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, it equates wisdom to a person. And it says, out in the open. So meaning not in the hidden places, not in the quiet times, not in those, those very, very silent moments, but out of the open. It says, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the walls, she cries out. And at the city gates, she makes her speech. Hear me, friends. Wisdom is always calling. The question is, are we willing to walk up and get it? That's the question. Because what we're learning is we're learning to accept or reject monsters. We're learning to replace monsters. But do you know it's not enough just to know what is right and wrong? We got to know what to do with what is right and what is wrong. We need wisdom. Wisdom is a supernatural thing. The Bible tells us that God gives it generously to us. Do you know that you can have wisdom? You can have a person who has a degree in counseling and yet have a failed marriage, even though they're a marriage therapist, because they're not applying wisdom. Wisdom does not equal education. Wisdom is something supernatural. It is an experience that God will give you that goes beyond your years, beyond the things that you've physically been able to do. Why do people have insight? Insight that they never did anything to earn. It's because they took the time to pray. They took the time to seek God's word, to seek godly counsel. Hey, I've never been in this before. What do I do? You're not asking your girlfriends that give you the answer you want to hear. You're going and you're talking to somebody who may have something wise to offer to you. Wisdom. Wisdom. It's a gift of God. But we don't take a pause in our struggle to seek it out. Wisdom is calling. Do you know that Proverbs tells us that wisdom is more valuable than silver? It's more valuable than gold. Again, it's not enough to know just what is right. It's what do I do with what is right? Maybe the right thing for you right now is that you've got to have a conversation with somebody. You've got to have what I call a come to Jesus conversation. And you know that the content is right. You know that the, the motive of your heart is right. But do you know that the right thing at the wrong time can kibosh the whole thing. The right thing at the wrong moment can equal disaster. But if you ask the Lord to give you wisdom on what to say, you'd be surprised. The images that God gives you, the phrases that you would never have thought up on your own, God gives it to you. So when it comes time to have that difficult conversation, it doesn't feel like a punch, but a hug. 
I had a mentor in my life that could literally tell me, you are screwing up. She wouldn't say it like that. She would say it that it felt like a hug, but I'm like, wait, she just told me I sucked. Like, you know what I mean? But there was such an, a wisdom, an elegance about her that she had a wonderful way of telling hard truths in my life, but it never felt like a rebuke. It felt like I was loved and embraced and set up for something better. Is wisdom something that you see as a reward or is it something that you see it's not worth your time? See, I, I, I see Avenue as being a place of people that we're saved by grace, yes. And we're so grateful that we're not doing that on our own. But I see Avenue as more that we're people stepping into knowing who I am. And because I know who I am, my life is being changed. Because I know who I am and who God is and what he's able to do in my life, I'm looking at my spouse differently. And then our marriage begins to get stronger. And then the way that we raise our kids begins to change. Do you know that you can raise your children on the Bible? You can raise your children on values and moral absolutes. Hear me. If even for a time you didn't obey them why they saw it. It's called repentance. The same thing that we do with God when we say, God, I'm sorry I wasn't living for you. But I want to live for you now. Do you know that it's a gift of God to say the same thing to your family? We were living like this and I'm so sorry. But God has put it on my heart that is as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so now I'm going to try my best to live this way. And I'm sorry, but this is the way we're going. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that is what God wants. But mind monsters are going to come and say, oh, no, no, no. You had sex before marriage. Don't even think about asking your daughter to be pure. Oh, no, 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 no. You lived with your boyfriend before ever getting married. Do not kick that, that girlfriend out of your house. But as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. God does that. It's wisdom that we need because now we know what is right, what is holy, what is true. But God, would you give me wisdom? Would you, would you answer my prayers? What do you see? What do you see for your family? What do you see on the other side of a situation? See, I want us today to not be like Elisha's servant, overcome with fear, only able to see the struggle. I want us to have eyes like Elisha. It says, oh, you don't know, friend, that all these things are up against you, but I got more things for me than I have against me. Would you stand to your feet with me today? See, I'm going to pray for you. And I've been asking God, God, would you do for them what you did for Elisha's servant? That I am believing that as we pray today, that God's going to open your eyes. Some of you need to see that job being yours. Some of you need to see that relationship restored. Some of you need to see the addiction broken off in your life or a loved one's life. You got to see them whole and healthy and living out their calling, living out the knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, making a difference. You want to see that. What do you see? Because if all we see is the struggle, if all we see is the work of the enemy, that God, we're not seeing faith. And God wants to meet us where our faith will take us. And then go above and beyond. So right now, across this room, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just out of, out of respect, if you are in the middle of something and you are being honest and saying, you know what, I don't, I don't have eyes of faith. I'm only seeing this struggle, but I need Jesus right now. I want God to give me eyes of faith where I can see that he is working for good in my life. If that is you and you'd like me to pray for you, will you please raise your hand? I want to see, come on, that's so good. I want to see that God is working on my behalf. Right now in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for what you do. Your word tells us that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. You're so much higher, so much wiser, so holy. 
But it also tells us in that exact same chapter that every word that went forth from your mouth, it accomplished what you wanted it to accomplish. So right now in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak life. And I ask, Father, that their eyes would be open. That right now in the name of Jesus, we would see the struggle ending. We would see God get a picture that you are moving on our behalf. We would see the work of God. We would not be overwhelmed right now. My monsters, you have got to go. And I ask, Lord God, I decree and I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that we see our God moving on our behalf because you love us. Give us eyes to see. Thank you, Father God, that every word you give us goes and accomplishes the purpose that you've asked it to do. Lord, we love you. Continue to build our faith as we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a shout. Give God a praise today. Come on. What a great word. Isn't that a great word? Man, what a great word. That we need to not only, you know, reject or accept, but we got to replace. And so, man, I'm just encouraged by that. I want to end with this today. I love Pastor Lucy's last point that said, look for wisdom like it's a reward. You know what I love about serving God? There's so many rewards for us. Just about how He uses us, how He cleanses us, purifies us, changes us, renews us. But you know what the Bible says is that when we take a step, maybe we're lost like the prodigal son, maybe we're out on the wayside or maybe you're a guest today or maybe your past is literally right now and you decide, you decide to, take, to take a step and you say Jesus come into my life be Lord of my life be my Savior and the Bible says that you're God's reward that, that God leaves the 99 he goes, after, he goes after the one and then when the one comes back it is never how dare you where you been what's your deal you're dirty you're this you're that it's never like that the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice when the one returns. We are God's reward. And that's what I love. That right now, God is replacing those thoughts in your life. So imagine a God who is thrilled, who is excited, who is running after you, who is saying, let's pick you up, let's dust you off. I'm going to launch you into my plan and my purpose for your life. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you walked in here today and you said, man, I didn't realize I have so many mind monsters. But today, enough is enough. Not only is God going to replace it, but the Holy Spirit's going to fill me up from head to toe and change my life. So with every head body, eye closed, just for the sake of privacy. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I walked out of here without joy, without purpose, without any hope. But during this message, I believe God's been speaking to me. He's been showing me how many monsters really are affecting my life but today I'm going to give my life to Jesus and he's going to replace my heart replace my mind and if that is you today I'm not, I will never embarrass you I'm not going to call you forward call you to the side but all I want you to do today is just so I know who I'm praying for is I want you to put a hand up put it right back down say I need Jesus in my life put it up and just put it right back down yes 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 anyone else up yes yes right back down just up right back down. That was a lot of hands. Make sure I got everybody. But remember, all of heaven is rejoiced. When you went, whoop, angels, what, you see that? You see that? And they're excited. So let's all pray a prayer together because we don't pray alone. We don't do life alone. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to repeat after me say, Dear Jesus, say, I need you. 
Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say be Lord of my life. Say be number one. I want you to say this with all my heart. The best way I know how, I will live for you. So today, I give you everything. Say today, I now know. Shout, give a praise. listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.